to be with you this morning. Uh, we, the last few weeks, we've had some pretty lengthy scripture readings uh, for the message, and uh, we've got another one. Uh, but also, I think Sundays are a good time for us to just slow down a little bit. Uh, it's reminded me, slow down a little bit, and, and to, to trust that God meets us in the singing God, uh, singing of praise to God, God meets us in the prayer, and that the written word of God reveals the living word, Jesus Christ, and so it is good and it is right for us to spend time, even if it seems like a long time. Well, John chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us go that may we, we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them and the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher's here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, 
He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, uh, have you ever felt like God was so slow to act or to answer a prayer? I, I've had times in my own life when I've been desperate for God to show up. I've begged, I've pleaded uh, for God to help, but God seems so slow and at times even absent. I've had questions for God. I've asked, why are you delaying, Lord? I need you to show up now. Where have you been, God? I don't know if you've ever said that. Where have you been, God? Have you ever felt like God was slow to act or to answer a prayer? Uh, One individual was telling me this week, Uh, this past week that their brother had MS and now that there's a prescription drug that uh, can can help those with MS and and she wonders why why couldn't that have been around when when my brother needed it right we I mean that's one example we have questions of timing questions of why questions of where where are you God well Mary and Martha Lazarus's sisters asked Jesus to come because their brother was sick. The scripture tells us that Jesus knew this family and that he loved them. So these weren't random people asking Jesus to come. They weren't people Jesus would have rather avoided. These were people he loved. And in response to their request to come because their brother was sick, Jesus waited two more days. He waited two days. And while Jesus delayed in coming, Lazarus died. While Jesus was slow to answer the call for help from Mary and Martha, Lazarus died. After two days of waiting, Jesus finally decides to go to the village of Bethany where Mary and Martha and Lazarus lived. And it seems to me, it's a little late, Jesus. Uh, I mean, why go now? It's a little bit late. Uh, By the way, my mother-in-law told me that I probably shouldn't preach this way because it's a little dangerous uh, to to say, where are you, God? Where have you been, God? And I said, no, that's real. Uh, Mary and Martha are asking the same question, or we're asking the same questions they did. What's going on? Where are you? Why are you taking so long? And, and, And so Jesus, finally, he goes. It seems a little bit late. And and I... 
I kind of love this part of, of the, the scripture where Jesus and his disciples are, are having a, a little conversation and, and his disciples are like, um, Jesus, it's, I'm, this is just kind of my version, but Jesus, uh, it's good of you that you want to go, but don't you remember last time we were in that area? It's hard to forget. They tried to kill you. <laughs> they, they wanted to stone you. Maybe Lazarus is dead. Maybe we shouldn't go back. And, and Jesus is determined uh, to go and tell the disciples that Lazarus will be woken up. Uh, Lazarus is asleep. He'll be raised, but he's, what he's really telling them is he'll be raised from the dead. And it's for the benefit of the disciples' belief and all who are there for their belief. So they, they all head to Bethany. Uh, and, and Thomas, I love Thomas. I love Thomas because later in the, in the Gospels, he, we call him Doubting Thomas, because he, at the resurrection he says, well, unless I see with my own eyes, unless I touch, I won't believe. But here, it's like, I don't know if it's Thomas the Brave or Thomas the Fatalist, but he says, well, I guess we all should go with him and die. Uh, Thomas, I love Thomas. Uh, so they're on their way. They're on their way to this village close to Jerusalem, and and as they, they are approaching the, the village of Bethany, uh, Jesus finds out that Lazarus has been dead for four days. He is, and that, that's a way to tell us he is dead, dead, right? Like, no coming back from this. He, he's dead. And, and it's also uh, a, a pointing towards Jesus' own death that Jesus is in the grave for, for three days and, and then risen, that is to say, he's dead. In this case, Lazarus is so dead that, that they're like, don't, don't open the tomb. Uh, he's decomposing. It is a warm climate in that area. Uh, they didn't have a lot of embalming stuff. Like, he's going to smell bad. Uh, don't, don't do it, Jesus. He, he is dead to the point of decomposing. And, and Mary, Martha, they hear that, I'm, I'm skipping around the story a little bit, but Mary and Martha, they hear that, that Jesus is there. And so Martha goes out to meet Jesus, and she says to him, if you had been here, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. And I, I think this is a statement of both great faith and great disappointment. At the same time, it is a statement of great faith and great disappointment. Because what Martha is saying to Jesus is, I know, I know you could have made him well. I believe that you can do this. And she even says, uh, I, I know that even now God will give you anything you ask for. And, and, and she's not saying, I believe you can resurrect him from the dead. She's reiterating, I still believe. I still believe that you're the Messiah and that you can make people well and do all these wonderful things. And so there's a statement of, of tremendous faith, but also just great disappointment. Great faith because Martha knows that Jesus has the power to heal the sick because he's already done it, but also great disappointment because he wasn't there. He seemed to not show up in time. Well, Martha and Mary both have this great faith in Jesus, evidenced by them saying, if you'd been here, our brother would not have died, but the great disappointment, if you'd been here, right? If you had been here. They were heartbroken and dismayed that Jesus didn't come in time. He just didn't show up in time. 
Jesus, who loved Lazarus, delayed his arrival, and Lazarus was dead. If you had been here. And implicit in their statement was a question. Why didn't you come? Why didn't you come? I think we can sit with that question for a little while, uh, ponder it, and then after wrestling with it, we see Jesus responding that Lazarus will be raised from the dead. And to which Martha replies, I know he will be raised at the last day. And, and really that's her saying, but what about now? I believe that he will be raised in the resurrection to come, but what about now? Because he's dead now. And here is what the gospel according to John tells us Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Even though it seems like Jesus is a a little bit late, here's the good news of of this story, or at least some of the good news, is he does show up. He shows up. And where Jesus is, there is resurrection even now. And that is not me telling you that Jesus will raise, uh, raise your loved ones from the dead right now. Uh, but it is me uh, telling you what I tell you every time I preach. You're probably sick of it. Uh, is that what Jesus is up to, what God is up to, is the, the redemption and restoration of all things. That is the mission of, of God, to redeem and to restore. Not all will choose to be a part of that. But that is the invitation to participate with God and the redemption and the restoration of of all things. Jesus came for the forgiveness of sins, yes, but so much more than that. So much more than that. He came for the, again, I'll repeat and repeat, redemption and restoration of all things. And so every time I preach, it's about new creation or, or the redemption, restoration of all things. This is me telling you that when Jesus says he is the resurrection and the life, he, he's talking about future, yes. The future when Jesus returns and, and will, will begin the, the consummation of all things. I say begin. He will consummate all, all things. It will be done. Uh, but also that God has entered into the mess and is bringing about resurrection life now. Jesus doesn't avoid the messiness of all of this, but he enters right into it. And he doesn't say, I will be the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Even now, I am at work redeeming. Even now, I'm at work restoring things. And, and, and that is good news for us because God is entering into our lives. Even now, as we await the final resurrection, he is resurrecting us, renewing us, redeeming us, restoring us. And evidently, Jesus is showing up, he shows up, and it doesn't preclude weeping. He wept when he saw Mary and the mourning crowd. And and I think Jesus was, was weeping, he was crying for a few reasons. I think he was weeping because of his love for his friend Lazarus. Even though Jesus knows he's going to raise him from the dead, that doesn't mean that Jesus didn't feel the effects of the death of his friend. And so he weeps for his friend whom he loved. And he wept because of the the stress that his delay caused. He may have wept because he knew his own death was imminent. 
And Jesus likely wept because of the heartbrokenness of all of those who were there. He likely wept for all of those reasons and maybe more. And regardless of the reasons for his weeping, we know the occasion. We know the occasion of his weeping. Lazarus is dead and death is no friend of God's. So Jesus wept. I'm going to... I went back and forth on this. Uh, Do... How much of my personal life do I share? <laughs> and, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do it. Um, and and I'm not saying this so you'll feel sorry for me. I'm not saying this so you'll say, oh, Pastor Will. I'm saying this because the point is God shows up. And, and so uh, I read this this passage like I don't know a month and a half, two months ago in preparation for this Lenten season, and and so I'm reading. Uh, this passage, and, and I've read this I don't know how many times. I love the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. I usually forget about all the rest of it, but I'm like, Lazarus, he's raised. This is good. And I read the, that, that shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And I just, I started crying because it meant something more to me when I read it. I'm going to cry today. Uh, I So I Hope Church merging here, I've been very grateful for that. It's been a, a good thing, but also it was a loss in some ways. Like, not everybody came. There were, it's hard, right? It's good, but also hard. And so I was working through a lot of that, and then my grandma died, and Amy and I had a miscarriage, and, and it just seemed like, Oh, how much more? And I was honestly asking for months on end, where are you, God? Are you going to show up? Are you going to even talk to me? Because I wasn't hearing anything, and, and honestly, I was a little bit mad. Uh, or disappointed, I don't know. I guess you can be mad and disappointed at God. And, and I, I, I read this story, and I felt like the sisters. If you'd been here, uh, but I read Jesus wept, and it, touched, it just touched my heart. Because I was reminded that God shows up. And you know what? I was at my desk in our upstairs bedroom doing sermon studies. And God met me there. And in Jesus weeping, it reminded me that he does show up. And not just shows up. But as he enters into the mess, he feels right along with us. He weeps and mourns with us. And of course, the opposite is true. He celebrates and rejoices with us. But we have a God who enters right into it with us. And even though we question and we wonder, why are you taking so long? Where are you? He does show up. He showed up for them. He showed up in my home. He shows up here. He shows up where you are. We have a God who just keeps showing up again and again. And so the scripture we read today is a reminder that God really does come to us. In God's own timing that we don't always appreciate, he shows up. And when God shows up, there's resurrection and there's life. I'm not going to stand here and tell you, ooh, I just, I felt I'm all happy after uh, that everything happened, happened. No. But I know that I have a God I can go to and say, I don't, I don't understand. I'm not too thrilled with the timing, and I'm honestly not too thrilled that I didn't seem to hear from God for a while. 
And yet, there he is. Redeeming and restoring and the restorative thing for me, I don't know what it'll be for you, is that we have a God who knows us and understands and walks alongside of us. A God who is big enough for us to say, if you'd been here, I don't understand. And yet there he is. There he is. And when God shows up, there is resurrection in life. There's resurrection in life where God is. So what do we do with all of this? I don't think this is the typical way to preach the Lazarus being raised from the dead story. But I think it's important for us to remember the whole story. What do we do with this? I think we weep. I think we weep for the brokenness of the world. I think we weep for the brokenness in our own lives. I think we weep that death is still a thing. And we mourn all that isn't right. And as we weep and as we mourn, we hold on to hope. We hold on to hope because we have a God who enters in with us. And we have a God who is the resurrection and the life and will forever be the resurrection and the life. So we've been, short, shortest sermon uh, in church's history, uh, but we've been uh, uh, going through these Lenten practices and, and each week we encourage you to participate in them. Uh, and, and this isn't necessarily a, a typical Lenten practice, but I'm just gonna invite you this week to weep and to mourn. And, and you might weep and mourn for circumstances in your own life. You might weep and mourn as you look around the world and you say, that, that is broken. And, and, and not in a, a judgmental way, but to say, we, we, we long for the kingdom of God to flourish. We long for better for our neighbors. And so we weep when things aren't right. And we mourn and we, we long for God to come again and restore and bring about resurrection. So, so I'm gonna invite you. Now you don't have to do it right now, uh, but to, to cry out. To cry out to God as you need to. And, and maybe you're a little unsure on what to say or how to cry out to God. Uh, so we read a scripture earlier. Uh, we read a few today. Uh, but Psalm 130, uh, maybe these are your words. As you, you mourn, as you cry out to God, uh, you might just pray this, Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all iniquities. Do you hear, hear the words there? Waiting, watching, crying out, and still hope. Still hanging on to hope. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. So let's go to him. Let us go to him. Let us cry out to God. And maybe you say what the sisters said, if you'd been here. And then let us trust that Jesus will be. And he is. 
that he is the resurrection and the life, that he who showed up and brought life out of death will continue to do so in our lives, that he who showed up and brought life out of death will continue to do so in our lives. Would you pray with me? God, sometimes the hurt is so much we don't even have words. And so we look to, to the scriptures and we just say, Lord, we are watching and waiting, looking for where you are and, and where you're at work. And, and even in the depths of despair, we trust that you will show up. And, and even though it goes beyond our comprehension, your timing is right. It is good. And while none of us long for for difficult circumstances, we pray that out of it, you would be glorified. That more and more would come to believe, just as they did at the resurrection of Lazarus, this thing, this, this, this situation that seemed so hopeless and even disappointing, you worked. And so we can trust that you're redeeming, you're restoring, and we can trust that while you're at work resurrecting now, you will come again. And that all will be made right. You will be vindicated and you will be our vindication. And so come, Lord Jesus, come. Make your dwelling among us. Would you hear our cries? And would you answer them in your, with accordance with your kingdom and your will, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I, I've been uh, kind of dreading doing this, actually, but uh, I have a, a letter I want to read, and uh, I might not be able to pull it up, so that's not good. So I guess I'm not going to read the letter. I'm just going to tell you. Um, never mind. There it is. Uh, dear church, it's hard to believe that I've been in Battle Creek for nearly a decade. When I came, I was 24 years old. My worldly possessions included a twin bed, a small dresser, and a few hand-me-down dishes and my clothes. Immediately, I was met with love from Hope Church and First Church as you donated furniture and other things, a trailer to haul it, and you made me feel welcome and at home. And I don't know when it happened, but Battle Creek did become home. A huge part of home is family, and you've helped me to grow over these last 10-ish years and have become my church family. I'm grateful for your encouragement and trust. For a few years, I've been sensing that God is leading me towards uh, hospital chaplaincy. But I never knew when the time was, so I just continued to pastor where God had placed me. And I don't know why, but God seems to have this funny sense of timing. And, and I, I promise you, I did not plan to read this alongside uh, Jesus' delay in coming to, to, to Lazarus' resurrection, but God just seems to have this funny sense of timing. And, and I would not have chosen this time as the most opportune for me to step away from pastoral ministry uh, but, and enter into chaplain's ministry, but God has made it clear that this is the time. I've always been committed to saying yes to God. That is my commitment, is to just say yes to God. And, and so I'm saying yes once again. This time, yes to God means uh, I'm taking a three-month unpaid internship at Bronson Methodist as a chaplain intern. Uh, so I'm going 
to be without a paycheck for three months, which is scary. I'm going to enter into a new ministry setting, which is scary. But in it all, I trust that God has Amy and I and that God knows our needs. And so I'm entering into an internship at 34 years old. I never imagined that. And I I trust that God has called me and will use that time to grow my faith and lead me to the next right thing, the next thing to say yes to. And so even though it's uncomfortable, a little bit scary, the timing seems terrible, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. And, and so I, I've been grateful. I've been grateful for Pastor Tanner uh, and all of you welcoming me and, and over the years. And, and I trust that you, uh, you'll continue to, to do well. And, and I, I'm, I'm moving off my script, and I wasn't going to do that. So uh, for, for the, last, the next three months, uh, Amy and, or for at least three months, Amy and I are still going to live in Battle Creek. Uh, but for the sake of, of our own health and the health of this church, we'll be attending church elsewhere. Uh, and, and I love you all. Uh, but it's hard for a pastor to go to a church where they've been a pastor and not be the pastor. Uh, so we're, we're going to attend elsewhere. Uh, and so uh, you've got good pastors here. Pastor uh, Tanner, Pastor Hannah, Pastor Tabitha, who will continue to minister in, in all the ways they have been and, and love you well. Uh, so, so I'm going to ask that uh, once we transition, that uh, you still pray for me, uh, still love me, uh, but that you would approach them as your, your pastors. And... And uh, sometimes I, I get in trouble for things I say, but uh, you're, not, that does, you're not dead to me. Uh, so, so if you see me in the grocery store, say hi. Uh, that's okay. Uh, I, I would be glad to have a conversation. Um, so our last Sunday will, with you will be April 23rd. And then following that, we'll have three weeks of, of some, I'm going to graduation out in, in Kansas City. Uh, yeah, thank you. And then uh, some transition time, and then I'll begin my internship. Uh, so, so I write this letter. I, I read this letter with mixed emotions. I'm excited and hopeful that my ministry in the hospital will glorify God and lead to more growth in me and the kingdom of God. And at the same time, I'm sad because you all have been so good to me, uh, so good to me over the years. And so I, I pray that we will be one with Christ Jesus and the, as, the, as Christ Jesus and the Father are one, that we may, though we may be in different places, our mission and our faith unite us as the family of God. And so may you be blessed by the presence of God who just keeps showing up again and again and faithful to the call, submitted with love and no small amount of sadness, but immeasurably more thankfulness. Pastor Will Dulworth. Pastor of Community and Care. Thank you.